Hello, and welcome to the Rethinker Podcast. Uh, this is a place where we delve deeper into Scripture, into biblical ideas, into God's laws, into parables, and really try to mine and extract new and exciting things out of much of the stuff that in many cases we take for granted. My name is David Litwin. I'm excited and honored that you chose to spend some time with me today. And this is the third of three, so the last podcast, uh, which is called Debugging a Fallen World. Now, we've basically been looking at an understanding of the one law in the garden, which was the do not eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, to the 613 laws in the desert, and why that had to stand, and essentially we discovered this through software programming. So what we're going to talk about today, speaking of software programming, and really tying into, in many cases, what really happened in the Matrix, is how Jesus, as I said in the last podcast, was really the ultimate Neo. I'm going to show you why. So after the fall, God's system was riddled with bugs, and those bugs were deliberately destroying humanity. In God's love, he offered humanity a way to debug the system if they would have chosen it. But man, unfortunately still motivated by pleasure and then racked with outcome, did not adhere to God's debugging system. The software continued to remain damaged after God's laws were given because the Israelites never really adopted it, yet God still loved the world. He still wanted humanity to operate in freedom, prosperity, and liberation, which has been his ultimate goal. If God's nature never changed, he could not affect the system from the outside, but he could logically do one other thing. He could step into his own coding system, not as God from the outside, but from the inside as part of his creation. If he were to enter the system, he could adhere to both its open source makeup and his own self-imposed mandate. God from the inside could take authority against all the bugs that were wrecking havoc on humanity. Now look at this scripture from this standpoint. Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the spirit of life who gives you life has set you free from the law of sin and death. Romans 8.2 NIV. We can retranslate this now to say, through Jesus, the new programming language of life also sets me free of the post-fall programming of sin and death. Jesus stepped back into the system to set the system back to rights. And through his death and resurrection, he pulled the full power of the bugs onto himself and defeated their overarching control over the system. By entering into the bug system for the sake of its debugging, he could express his love for humanity and its liberation without affecting his nature. Now look at what Jesus said. Do not think that I have come to abolish the law of the prophets. I have not come to abolish the law, but to fulfill it. God wasn't restricting humanity through a supposedly subjugating law. He was liberating humanity to reach its full potential. And Jesus wasn't just saving humanity from sin. He was once again, and he was once and for all, recoding the bugged programming that had combined sin and death into a concoction of bondage-laden outcome. In Jesus, the software creator became its most prolific programmer. And Jesus sacrificed himself so the system could once again be set to rights. And now he calls each of us to do our part to finish what he started, to finish debugging the system. God's son started the task, but God's image and God's actually children are to finish it. So the church, his programming ambassadors, are not to debug the system by just enforcing the law, but unveiling the strategies that the law illuminated. Now again, listen to this scripture very carefully. This is Romans 5.13. For the law was given, before the law was given, sin was in the world. But sin is not taken into account where there is no law. Just think about that for a second again. 
But sin is not understood, we can say it that way, where there is no law. The system remains open source. Man must make his own choice. But now riddled with the deliberate consequences of sin, the church can show that his choice is either for his own prosperity or his immediate or eventual demise. The church's role now shifts from being in part God's moral police to the purveyors of mankind's liberation and exposers of the strategies against mankind. Our goal is to love and serve humanity through the pain of, its, of these outcomes, not to mention its falling prey to its own pleasure-based nature. That is the true nature of love, and God so loved the world. God has not only been a God of love, but he's a God whose very desire is to see mankind reach its full contensal, to operate through God's original intent. Throughout history, first through the law and then through his son, he has constantly sought to debug the system, to set humanity back on its intended course, free from the strategies of sin and death, and able to experience man's full potential. Do you see how much this is like the Matrix? Through this new understanding, I believe that the call to the church, God's primary ambassadors, is threefold. First, we must recognize and broadcast that God's nature is to protect and prosper humanity, not just the church. God loves all those made in his image, and he grieves when it suffers under the bugs and strategies of this fallen world. Think about it from this standpoint. For God so loved the world that he brought the original, pro, he, he came into the system that whosoever would believe in him would not perish and have eternal life. Secondly, the church must shift its focus directly from speaking about sin to understanding and revealing the strategies of sin, uncovering how sin has used our own very human nature as a weapon against us to destroy us. The church needs to shift from promoting morality, simply that God said something, to understanding why he said it and what he has done. By focusing on outcome, we can begin to show the culture a new form of love and offer really empathetic solutions to the com- just the destructive effects of this pleasure-distorted entropy. Third, the church must take up its role of debugging the world, both in educating the culture to the strategies against it and then in using everything in our power to eradicate the effects of this on humanity. Obviously, we need to use our spiritual arsenal to address these issues, but we also need to use science and medicine and psychology and government and the arts and the media and humanities. We must understand how to do our part to lessen entropy's hold on humanity. Instead of attempting to take the seven mountains of culture, as some claim we need to do as the church, we must use these mountains to broadcast these strategies to the world and then unveil wisdom-infused plans to see them alleviated. And we're going to talk about that in a future podcast very soon. Doing so, I believe, will create a prosperous society once again, free from these binding shackles of entropy and sin. And finally, we must present a loving God and his glorious Christ as the liberator that he truly is offering others the opportunity to join us in this great adventure of debugging this fallen world. I hope you've really enjoyed these three podcasts. I know there was a lot going on here. And, you know, we did talk a lot about kind of the darker side of strategy, if you will. But ultimately, we have to recognize that when we can see this, that we we really have the capacity to show the world some things that they just can't see. And so that's why we went through this process in these podcasts and ultimately, you know, our, our goal is to heal. We are to be salt. We are to preserve our culture. And so hopefully you were able to see that as we went through this process. Uh, I wanted to just give you a couple ways you can reach me. Uh, one is go to my website at davidwlitwin.com. There you can get really a 360-degree view of who I am, what I do, and what I believe. 
Um, you can also reach me on email, Facebook, and Twitter. You'll find all that information there on the website. I look forward to speaking with you again. And uh, just so you know, some of these new podcasts are going to be a little lighter, <laughs> a little more fun. Um, but uh, I really wanted you to see kind of a, a greater overarching picture of what is really going on in the culture today or what is really going on in our world today and how you have the capacity to remedy and rectify those things in our culture. So I hope you have a, just a glorious day or evening, depending on when you listen to this. And just remember always to live inspired.